happy belated Valentine's Day. Tonight, we answer your relationship questions. I'm Roaming Millennial, and you're watching Uncensored. Hey guys, welcome back to the show, and this episode will be airing on February 15th. We're filming it on the 14th. Uh, with me is my producer, Liam. Hello. Um, and we want to wish you guys all a happy Valentine's Day. Hope mm -hmm. you had a good one with your loved ones. And because this is the, the season of love, we thought for this episode we would do a relationship, love, breakup, all that good stuff Q&A. And now I posted this on Twitter asking for questions, and I was once again surprised at uh, the decorum of so many of the questions coming in. Very few ones related to sucking on my toes. Was, oh, wow. That, I'm that's impressed impressive. with you guys. Like, I mean, the internet, I think we're, we're stepping things up. Um, but yeah, we have a lot of questions related to, I guess, relationships in general. So uh, let's just jump right in. Jump right into it. I'm trying to do the... Really you got it. Clever. That's good. Yeah. Okay. So our first question comes from John Day Brush, who asks, how do I meet someone in real life in this intense hookup culture we currently live in? And we actually got a lot of questions asking that same kind of thing. Like mm -hmm. with today's dating culture, where is a good place to meet someone who isn't just looking for a hookup, who's actually wanting to look for a relationship to settle down? So what do you think? Uh, Tinder the best place to look for long-term relationships uh, or? Probably not. Not to say that you can't find long-term relationships on Tinder, but if you're really serious about things, I mean, school is a really good place when you're in university and that's a yeah it's, that's a really, really good really, place really good yeah. for that obviously um a lot of people that watch our show might not be in school though I, I think there are alternatives i would say just go almost any public place where there are people of the opposite sex really um bars are fine i wouldn't go to a club but i think you can meet people in bars and yeah. I would we'll say get, also church we'll groups, you know, things like in that. A second. But yeah, I, I personally think that church groups are a great place to look for someone to date. And um, I mean, there was that kind of meme on the internet that when you're a Christian couple dating who met at church, it's like, you know, date one, how you doing? Date three, will you marry me sort of thing? Um, mm. But there's nothing wrong with dating with intentions. If, if, you know, you're looking for someone to get married, I don't think I don't think it's bad to kind of be upfront with, hey, this is what I'm looking for. This is where I hope this will head. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that online dating is kind of a thing we can't avoid in our culture and although tinder has a really bad rap i think you mm. can meet someone who's looking for the same things as you on there but overall i would say like maybe other dating sites like there's christian mingle there's plenty of fish okay cupid there's like a ton of them out there i saw one for blacks only also the other day i don't know what it's called but if you're black you i think oh that. wait no it's it's blackpeoplemeet.com or something yeah. I think so, yeah i don't think there's the white equivalent what a, and if you identify as black maybe uh try that out too that'd be fun ae yika needs to hashtag learn to code asks is it awkward to reach out to an ex on valentine's day yeah yeah that's that's, uh, that's, that's a no-no don't do that definitely no amal asks can men and women be just friends this is kind of relationship advice um i have a feeling our answers might differ i think they can be just friends but the caveat there is that there needs to be like zero attraction both ways like you both need to be essentially physically repulsed by the other for it to work long term, in my opinion, for it to be completely platonic. I guess it can happen. It's not impossible. It's just uh, highly unlikely, I would say. And um, I don't I don't almost see the attraction to it. What do you mean? <laughs> I like I like having like if I only had 
friends who are girls and obviously my closest friends are female um but i would be i would be sad if i had absolutely no male like even kind of like more casual friends you're not reciprocating about female friends <laughs> So this one is a really interesting one and it comes to us from Clayton who's been a longtime supporter of the show so seriously appreciate that. He asked, do you consider a spouse who refuses to have sex with their spouse as being unfaithful? I would say they are but I think it makes for good discussion. So the idea that one of the people in a marriage usually like we're, we're talking about the women 99% of the time um them not having the same physical drive as their husband that's actually something that people like Ben Shapiro and Dennis Prager have talked about. Mm -hmm. Um, and they've kind of met, been met with some flack for talking about it in the way that they have. I wouldn't say um, that that's an issue of being unfaithful because I think when we're talking about marriage, being unfaithful means a very, very specific yeah, thing. I, I would agree with that. Um, but at the same time, I think if you, you are the kind of wife or even husband, whatever, who kind of takes it's like it's either my way or the highway if i'm not into it it's not happening ever i don't care about what you want i don't think that's a healthy mindset to have in a relationship when it comes to anything like regardless of what it is um some people have called that spousal rape apologetics but i that's really that's not what we're talking about here yeah i mean i can't say anything because if i say anything like uh in quebec they used to say uh, devoir conjugal which means wifely homework. Yeah, duties. Uh, like that's, yeah, yeah, wifely duties, I guess you have. But when it comes to any relationship with anyone, I think that you have to really try to keep in mind um, everything that your partner needs in some way or another and do your best to accommodate them within reason, of course. Yeah, and I think so much of the culture of dating that women are brought up in, it's all about how your husband, your boyfriend can cater to your needs and it's all about you. And I think that's that's a really harmful mentality to go into a marriage with. So, I mean, it's not it's not about like not having consent or anything. You should never do anything to anyone without any consent, but it's just about knowing mm -hmm. like, all right, our preferences may be different, but because I care about you and, you know, it's like a lot of guys, hey, if the it's raining and it's cold, I'm sure they don't feel like taking out the trash. It's not what they would choose to do, but it doesn't mean that, you know, it's going against their consent because they do it because they do it because they care about you. So I, th I think that's just all around a good uh, a good way to approach a marriage. Okay, this next one is, you got, you got a little bit of a salt, salt mine here. Someone, someone was hurt. Okay, Steve Elliott asks, is there such a thing as a relationship where the woman doesn't use sex to gain power or withhold sex as a form of punishment? Is there such a thing? Liam, is, the, is there uh, such a thing? Is, is, is this possible? Uh, let's see if I'm allowed to answer this question. Or not. No, I'm <laughs> of course, of course, it's, it's, that's a ridiculous notion, I think. I think that even going in with that mindset, you all, you're already putting yourself in a position where like that's going to naturally happen um, because you see sex as like a power dichotomy that they hold over you. Yeah. And I think that like if it's like... If you're doing weird things like asking for permission and stuff like that, like, you know, it's like it's, that's you're not unhealthy. doing yourself any favors, trust me. Yeah, and I think so. it, like, I'm not saying that there are no women who do that because obviously there are, but it, I kind of see it as similar to men who, for example, might use their their wealth or their resources as to kind of lord it over women, you know, um, do something nice or else I'm not going to, like, hmm. buy this for you. I, I don't know. And it's just like it, relationships shouldn't be a barter or exchange system, right? I mean, you should mm -hmm. be doing any acts of service out of love, not because you expect something back. So uh, to what is it, Mr. Elliot? Um, sorry, you've apparently had bad experiences with women, but uh, there are good ones out there. And I hope you find a girl who 
doesn't use sex as a weapon. Next, Eccentric Hat asks, what do you think about this Valentine's Day notion? Do you think a day to specifically celebrate women right before a day to celebrate the union of lovers undermines the latter? Do you know what Valentine's Day is? No. Okay, so it started off as this, I'm pretty sure this is where it originated, as this kind of joke thing on, I think it's Sparks and Rec, is where I heard of it, maybe it didn't start there, but it's uh, like on February 13th, hmm. girls get together and you just celebrate like your platonic. friendship and platonic love and like I guess mm. some people are bringing self-love into it now I I don't have a problem with friendship day I actually think friendship day would be like a really fun thing and I know some of my friends even who aren't single like uh, one of my friends who actually we're mutual friends with she will bake all of her friends like brownies or cookies or something mm. on Valentine's Day which I think is really nice um so I don't have a problem with that conceptually but I do think that there are some people who approach it with oh a day to celebrate romantic love is attack is an attack on my singleness and empowering yeah. womanhood and I'm independent and I don't need a man. I think that's that exists as well. I can see that. I mean, frankly, I see it as like a redundancy because I see Valentine's Day as a mostly feminine holiday. I think that the people that generally do the, the gift giving on average is the man. Um, Which, so. by the way, if that applies to your relationships, ladies, please don't do that. Valentine's mm -hmm. Day is a great day to just give your loved ones present like it shouldn't I, I agree like the way it's practiced now it is mainly guys getting girls gifts but I don't think it should be like that I think like I mean even if you're if it's not a like a monetary thing like you can cook right. a meal for your spouse or significant other or something like that yeah well nothing has to be like I don't want to go and say Valentine's Day has to be a day of gift giving because it's in, in just in the sense that doesn't want I don't want to sound like I'm encouraging like a rampant consumerism yeah but you could be doing all kinds of nice things for your loved one that day I think that's that's always good and so next up we have Alina with the question what to do whenever you get ghosted lol dot 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 frowny face um I don't think there is anything to do when you get ghosted I think what you just do is you keep messaging hello repeatedly once a day um, until they respond hello uh, yeah what's up uh if you if you know where where they live you show up eventually at their place yeah, yeah that's exactly. the next step send gifts yeah if um, they ghost you just you know uh i wouldn't say anything to them i would just you know just move on with your life that's yeah. ultimately like especially what happens early on in the relationship just move on with your life you yeah know? and it what sucks about being ghosted is that like there's the sense of no closure yeah. but at the same time it's like you can't really chase someone into being interested so yeah unfortunately if you get ghosted i think it's you know that's done yeah, and it happens to Move a lot on. of people it's a very common thing uh, especially within the era of online dating right matches that's the and stuff. yeah right you know uh, it, it's it, it's not an uncommon thing by any means almost everyone i know has been ghosted at some point or another via one of these sites and not just <laughs> in like romantic relationships by the way yeah it's oh yeah, like yeah professional relationships do like just yeah, yeah it happens a thing. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry about that kind of thing. People, and, and it might not even be because, and I, I don't want to encourage people to keep messaging them. But people from an online dating site, if if they're meeting you for the first time, they might be nervous about not only like you as a person, but how they will appear to you because they like the first time they'll physically you'll physically see them. Yeah. So um, you know, if they're catfishing you, they're probably going to ghost you. Is what I'll say. Um, yeah, very true. And another juicy one, Emilio Perez asks, why is fashion so provocative? Um, I'm assuming he means women's fashion. Because hmm. I'm seeing I feel fewer and fewer Speedos out there. Um, but that's a good question. I do think that especially women's fashion is becoming more and more provocative. And I think that has to do with the fact that we are kind of focusing our efforts on hookup culture. Because it's like if you're partaking in that hookup culture, the club scene, that doesn't really 
reward modest dressing. Like that's that's at part all. of it. I think also another part of it is like the, the feminist attitude of like my body, my choice, and the sexual liberation of women sort of thing. Yeah. Where it's like any kind of display of, of overt sexuality is empowering. And, and I, you know, I just don't see that as congruent, first of all. And yeah, that, that I think translates into just a lot more people being willing to, you know, forego modesty, let's say. Yeah, and I think it's, it's kind of, it's, it's hard as a girl who is like, if you are younger and you're looking around to date, um, you're kind of like all your friends when they go shopping, they're buying this type of clothing. Um, you know, when, when girls get ready to go out, they're all wearing all these skimpy outfits. So I think there are a lot of girls who, um, aren't comfortable with that and would rather not dress like that. But it's just like, it's been so ingrained in us, especially like when we get into our teens that this is the norm. This is how you're supposed to dress. You've got, you have to want that kind of attention on you all the time. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's not fun. It's frustrating. If, if you are kind of on from the outside of that looking in, um, I don't think it's everybody though. Like again, none of, none of what we're saying is, is universal. Okay, so now we're gonna segue into questions that you guys have asked about us specifically, a little bit more personal. Um, so if people don't follow me on like social media or on my YouTube channel in general, where I've done Q and A's and stuff like that, um, Liam is my fiance. Um, I didn't like Harvey Weinstein him or anything like that. <laughs> Or, or vice versa. To yeah, be honest. just uh, yeah. like there's no hashtag me tooing going on. Um, he's been working with the channel since before he started with CRTV, now Blaze yeah. TV. Um, so yeah, even before he was on camera, he was behind the scenes making sure everything's running smoothly. Because if you know me personally, you know I'm not I'm not one for organization for planning. You don't and, say. And hey. I'm complimenting you. You're not allowed to do that while I'm complimenting you. Um, yeah, and apparently you need those things if you're going to run a show. So mm. I really appreciate him helping out with all that. Oh, um, so subscribe to PewDiePie Asks, how did you and your fiancé meet? And this is actually a contentious issue. Um, how did we no, meet, Liam? No, it's not contentious. This it's is, factual. No. It's, we met in a bar. Um, and that is the location where we met. So... We met in a bar and I was having some beer. Okay, okay, like, oh, okay. No, I was stopping. Okay. So usually when someone says, oh, yeah, we met at a bar, it implies that like people were there and like drinking and there uh, was like, it's like a hookup scenario. No, that's not what happened. We had mutual friends who were getting together for a wing night at a pub, which is different than a bar, I think. Um, and so we met there and then we were friends for like a year. And then we started going out. So, I mean, you know, we, we met at a bar. We did. Not, no, not that's not, that's not the story. So when people like ask that. me, like, uh, how we met and whatever, I, I always say that we met at a bar, mostly because it gets her frustrated and also that we uh, fil film videos together online. Yeah, he did that at an investing meeting once, actually. That was, that was, I love that. Love that. And uh, actually someone, I'm having trouble finding the question now, but someone else asked a really good question. I can't find it exactly, but it was generally asking, what is it like working with someone you're in a relationship with or someone who is a family member? And I thought that was a really good question. And whenever we go to like events, that's something that we get asked a lot. Like, how is that? Because it's kind of weird. Like small businesses, family owned businesses are super common, mm -hmm. especially I think in North America, maybe more so than Europe. Um, but there are a lot of people who I think they it freaks them out the that idea working with family members and this yeah, isn't definitely. the first time I've I've kind of worked with family members before I, I've done that with my my mom before so I'm kind of used to it personally yeah well uh, yeah I've worked with family members before too I think that ultimately like if you're 
a diligent worker, which I would like hope that you are, especially if you're working for or with family, then it, it goes really well together because you understand, you know each other well, you understand each other's strengths. And uh, yeah, just it's a matter of respect that you have to work hard and not kind of take advantage of a situation or, or like, because if you perform badly in the work, I think it will reflect in your relationship. Yeah, like so, if, I don't know, thing. if if one of us was completely shirking our responsibilities and mm -hmm. leaving the other one in a really hard position at work with people who we have like I guess obligations toward that yeah. would be that would be really crappy um and you know what I do have family members who as much as I love them I would not want to work with them and I think it's just it's important to know the difference right because mm. um like family businesses can be great because there's that foundation of trust there which is really important if you're in a small business um but at the same time you, you've got to you know, be realistic yeah. about your family members. You can still love them and not want to work with them. That's totally fine. Um, but I guess for me, I've really liked it, um, especially in the context of this kind of job, because it can be kind of mm. isolating and like, uh, it's it's not a very common job. So it, you know, when you're kind of just looking for a coworker to talk to, like a lot of people do at the end of the day, if you're in this kind of job, that may not exist right. depending on your situation. And it's it also, you know, we're, we're a small team that has a very specific goal, I guess. We both work together now in in our work relationship and outside of our work relationship to have a, a, a greater goal, I think, which is right. I think, pretty cool. And there's also, I think, like a downside to in a way to not work with your spouse and it's like a very unique relationship that we have like we're very lucky to be able to do this in right. some sense but very the opposite lucky. is like you know if you're working eight hours a day in an office and then you know you spend maybe an hour or two in the morning you get up you do whatever you need to do to get your kids to school theoretically or yourself ready for work and you get home you got maybe two or three hours or whatever it is before you get to bed it's like you end up spending more time with your coworkers than your own spouse. Yeah, that's I, so, very true. You know, I think that it's, it's afforded us a, a pretty cool opportunity. I think like the whole idea of sharing common goals, it's a really good point because I think, I don't want to sound like some anti-capitalist, but for a lot of businesses, it's like they, they don't really care about um, like anything to do with you. I mean, especially when you're kind of younger, maybe people around our age where you haven't had as much time to prove yourself or anything, but it's like when, when you're working with family members, like you can share a common goal. It's like, all right, how much do we want to prioritize something like financial incentives versus being able to have a flexible schedule? So we are, we're able to build the business around that, which I really appreciate. Um, but I think we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you guys so much for the questions. Again, hope you had a great Valentine's Day and we'll see you next time.